Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 16 of the June and Joe Show. Hey, Joe. Hey, June. Good morning. Good morning. So we have a couple of things that we want to talk about today. And the first is the CDC guidance on um, masks or the mask mandate versus how things are different here in San Diego and California. Yeah. Who thought it would be so controversial for the CDC to say, if you're vaccinated, you don't have to wear a mask anymore. Um, I mean, man, there was controversy going into COVID and the lockdowns and uh, all, you know, this business can open in this capacity. And, and uh, again, now that we have, fortunately, much more limited number of cases, limited hospitalizations, limited deaths. Obviously, I feel like we always have to say every lost life is valuable. Um, I'm not trying to minimize that. But as we're seeing the end in sight, hopefully, uh, and the science is telling us the end is in sight. And the CDC is saying, if you're fully vaccinated, you can mostly not wear a mask. And they didn't say always. They, you know, I was on a plane when this guidance came out. And I was quickly looking to see if I could rip my mask off. And unfortunately, on planes, you're still supposed to have your mask and other other close quarters. And it's controversial to people, um, not only to California leaders and San Diego leaders like uh, Nathan Fletcher, who are basically saying the CDC is wrong because all of a sudden they know better than science. But a lot of my friends who are on the left, uh, who are still my friends, even though we don't agree on this, think that it's somehow uh, going to be some sort of massive fraud that people who aren't vaccinated are going to be walking around without masks and spiking in the number of COVID cases or something. I'm not exactly sure what their concern is, but uh, I don't know. What do you think? I think that um, we have turned into a society a society that demands perfection. We want no one to die. We forget that humans have mortality and that there's no such thing as zero cases. There's no such thing as perfection. Um, and I'm sure that there are cases of avian flu and um, SARS and what have you floating around in the world. We're never going to eliminate um, a disease, but we have to get to a point where it's reasonable. And if the CDC has science to back up, not wearing a mask, if you're vaccinated, I think the American people deserve the, the freedom to choose whether or not they want to wear that mask. Your friends, um, who feel like, you know, that non-vaccinated people are going to somehow scam it and not wear a mask. Guess what? If you feel like it's so dangerous, you have the choice to wear a mask. Um, wherever you want to go. I actually had lunch with my mom yesterday and she kept her mask on. And I was like, why are you keeping your mask on? And she's like, I kind of like it. And I was like, well, then you do you. Um, right. It's your choice. Right, right. And again, I, I don't, I mean, there's so many reasons I'm, I'm a little bit fired up about this. Um, you know, we've been told we have to follow the science since day one. And I supported that. Um, and, and I'm not like some Republicans. I mean, some Republicans have said that they don't think there's, you know, any reason for masks all along. And some Republicans have said this is no worse than the annual, you know, flu season and things like that. And, you know, again, I don't, I don't know the full scope of, of the threat that COVID posed, but I always said we need to look at the data, look at the science. Not all data is accurate. Not all science is precise. You need to understand, you know, who's paying for some of that data and science and things like that. But now we have you know, CDC, 
that so many on the left had been pointing to saying, follow the science, which by the way, also tells you not to do a lot of things that you do anyway, uh, outside of COVID. Uh, I don't mean you, June, I mean, everybody in America. Um, Are you saying you know, I don't have healthy habits, Joe? <laughs> I'm saying, <clears throat> excuse me, that the CDC tells us all to do a lot of things and not do things that we- Ice we coffee do. is not a replacement for water. Is that what you're uh, saying? Well, there's ice in it. That's the form <laughs> of water. So it, it accounts for, you know, some of the guidance. Um, but, you know, again, the CDC is saying, you know, we're looking at the science. If you're vaccinated, the chance of you getting COVID again is very small. Doesn't mean it can't happen. But it also, the science says, if you get it again- your symptoms are going to be extremely mild and your transmission, your ability to transmit it to someone else uh, is very, very low. Doesn't mean it can't happen, but it's also very, very low. Now, who are you going to transmit it to? If it's somebody else who's vaccinated, it's even lower, the transmission rate. And if it ends up getting transmitted to someone who is vaccinated, their symptoms are going to be extremely mild. And if you've transmitted to somebody who didn't get the vaccine because they don't want the vaccine because they think COVID's a hoax, well, then that's on them. Uh, so I just don't understand the, the, the massive concern. And there are people who can't get the COVID vaccine for medical reasons. And um, unfortunately, they are going to continue to wear masks. But the likelihood that they get COVID by somebody who is unmasked and vaccinated is extremely, extremely low um, for all the reasons I just said. So you know, I was glad to see um, that there's still outrage by by people, even though Trump is not president, Biden's president, that the National Nurse, Nurses United, the largest uh, nurses union in the country, has come out condemning the CDC uh, because apparently they would rather follow politics than science and uh, basically call themselves outraged at the CDC guidance uh, which again, like I said, we, we heard so much outrage for four years when Trump was president. I'm glad to see people haven't given up on outrage, but they don't really have a scientific reason why they think that, um, you know, masks should still be required. Uh, but they, they essentially are outraged and they somehow, uh, believe that even though nurses are going to be wearing masks while they're interacting with unmasked vaccinated people, that, um, that, that that's a real risk to them. Um, so, Can we just point out the fact that in their kind of like open letter to the public, they also pointed the CDC's um, removal of the mask mandate as being racist. So it's all about politics. It's not about what's best for the American people. And it's an attack on people's freedom to make the choices for themselves. The CDC is being reasonable and... Um, the left is having nothing to do with it. They don't want the CDC to be reasonable. And I think it's important to point out that we say the left or Republicans or the right, but um, Dan Crenshaw actually wrote a whole article about it towards the beginning of the pandemic of how your brain is wired and how you assess risk, how you assess risks kind of drives you to either the left or the right. So when you think of, um, Republicans not wanting to wear a mask, but Democrats wanting to wear the mask. I don't think it's necessarily a political preference. Um, it might have to do with kind of how um, you have group think with people who are within your own party or political affiliation. But it, there truly is something about the way your brain is wired that makes you react differently to risks such as COVID. Yeah. And, and by the way, the counterbalance 
to the, all this is that we want people to get vaccinated. And um, if we're basically saying you have to live your life the same way you did before you were vaccinated, we're not providing that same motivation. And that's that's also, again, a counterbalance to the argument that we should still wear masks if we're, if we're vaccinated. By the way, again, all these people I'm talking about that I've heard from are friends of mine. And, and you know, a lot of them are the same people who before a vaccine was out were not wearing masks in groups, whether out at dinners or at people's homes. Um, but, you know, for some reason, they're concerned society-wide that uh, vaccinated people aren't going to wear masks. So I, I think you're right about, um, you know, what Dan Crenshaw said, um, and also what you started with, which is we we can't expect immortality. And unfortunately, in so many cases where we're asking the government to make decisions for us, um, we're expecting that that perfection, which is unachievable. Right. I think it's also um, just a matter of people being willing to think of it as how do we return to normalcy? How's the quickest way to return to normalcy? And to not force your opinion on everyone around you. I mean, we used to be a society where everyone was entitled to their own opinion. And now somehow we feel like we need to force our opinion on everyone else. And I feel like that goes to the root of so many problems, um, including this particular mask mandate issue. But we have about um, five minutes left. So I think we need to talk about the biggest middle class tax cut in California history. Yeah, let's talk about a California comeback. <laughs> I love the tax cuts that were proposed by Kevin Faulkner in his gubernatorial campaign. And I think it is high time that somebody said, we are not, we don't have a revenue problem. We have a spending problem. And with this huge budget surplus that we purportedly have in the California state government, that money needs to be returned back to the taxpayers. And I think that's so important. And one of the highlights of the tax plan that Kevin Faulkner proposed is no tax on veteran pensions. When I was on the campaign trail last cycle, Every single veteran family asked me about this, every single one, because they didn't want to leave California, but they felt like they were forced to leave California because their pensions wouldn't be taxed in other states. So the fact that he has come out and addressed that with a solution to it, I think is phenomenal. Yeah. And just to be clear, we're not talking about the bribes that Governor Newsom uh, has put out in his uh, anti-recall campaign, where he's just given, you know, cutting checks to people uh, in his base to try and make sure that they, you know, continue to support him or at least win, his, you know, win back their support. Uh, but we are talking about a significant and the largest middle class tax cut. And, and basically what Kevin Faulkner is proposing is that people aren't going to be paying any tax, any state tax, I should make clear. He has no control about the IRS, but no state tax on the first $50,000 people make if they're filing as individuals or the first $100,000 people make if they are filing as a married couple. And you're right, it's it's significant. And, and the part about military pensions, you know, when I was campaigning, it was outside of the city uh, control, but I, I heard that issue a lot as well. Um, you know, the counter argument to that is, well, other pensions are taxed. Uh, why should military pensions be an exception? And I always said, well, first of all, 
our military is an exception. Uh, when you sign up and say you're willing to put your life on the line for our country, you have uh, the right to be treated differently in our public policy discussions and, and outcomes. Uh, but also, as you said, it's a competitive disadvantage. Most states don't tax military pensions. And so why would we want that extremely talented labor force to be pulled into other states? Uh, we, we have to we have to just stay competitive in that area. And by the way, the craziness of all this, I'm glad that, that Kevin Faulkner is able to propose this, but the crazy part about this is we have as a state, I think it's a $75 billion surplus over three years, so about $25 billion per year. Crazy. Part, part of the reason we have that is because we've been taxed at the federal level, then Congress passes legislation giving a bunch of that money back to the states uh, that doesn't need it, like California. And so, you know, they're just... As, as Kevin Faulkner says, you know, give the taxpayers back the money that, that they're paying that the state doesn't need. And I'm glad he's taking this approach. Um, I am thrilled. Um, I think that um, there's a lot of good that will come out of it. And I think that one of the most important things to note about this proposed tax cut is that it will help more families stay in California who want to stay but can't for financial reasons. And a lot of people tend to think about, oh, well, when you leave, it's just a decrease in population. No, it's a decrease in workforce. It's a decrease in our personal, uh, our um, state tax revenue in the long term. And it's just bad for our state as a whole when we lose population, which we clearly have because we lost a congressional district, but that is a discussion for another day as well. Um, but we definitely have a great viable option in um, Kevin Faulkner as our choice for governor. Um, but first, we got to recall Newsom. And I mean, it's going to be um, an exciting year to see how this whole recall pans out with an election likely to happen in November. Yeah. And, and, you know, you're right. We have lost people. Our population's decreased for the first time in history. Um, and we've had a one party rule in California. And I think, I don't know why people are increasingly dissatisfied with the state and yet continue to elect the same people over and over, but that's a much bigger discussion that we can have another time. So, well, sounds like a topic for a future episode, but thank you everyone for tuning in and watching us. We'll see you on episode 17. Take care, everyone. Take care, June. Bye.